Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Um, good morning once again. Uh, my name is Matt Fretwell um, with Story Church. Uh, and it's my understanding that you are going to be, your Catalyst family here, we're going to be taking a trek through um, this aspect of uh, basically uh, home for the holidays. And so when, when Jeff approached me and said, hey, would you want to come in on December 1st? I said, yeah, I would love to. He said, let's see if we can do this sort of military and, and look at that so you can tell them a little bit about Story Church, which, which I will. But I was thinking about home for the holidays, and it just sounded like uh, a Hallmark movie to me. And I, and I thought, hey, that, that's okay, that's good, because it's applicable to uh, who we are and as people that we understand that home is good, that we all love to be there. Uh, and it's that time of year now where most of us are going home at some point, uh, at least that's where we want to be. And so we're making plans with that. Um, home is an interesting word. It's, it's more than a place where we reside. You know, home is where, it's where memories are made, right? Home is like your first bicycle ride. It's where you lost your tooth. You know, it's that Thanksgiving turkey and the, the Christmas morning when you wake up and you sneak down the stairs and you get to see all those kinds of things. And, you know, everyone wants to be with family during that time. And so I don't want to throw rain on the parade of the Hallmark movie. But the aspect of what I do want to look at is that sometimes we're not able to be home for the holidays. And so I want to look at that because uh, of the people that I serve, the military, uh, being home for the holidays for them isn't an option. They don't, they don't get that. And so when I was thinking of this week's message, I was praying that I'd be able to express this reality to you of the, the effects of deployments on both sides, on the family side and on those who are out on deployment. And so day in and day out, we know that, uh, that our troops who volunteered to do what they do with, with such uh, great ability to protect our, our God-given and our inalienable rights and, and that the holidays are, are just become a, another day for them. So this morning's scripture, I'm going to take out of 1 Samuel chapter 30, and our emphasis is really going to be on looking at there's an equal share. Now, you may say, how does an equal share have anything to do with not being home for the holidays? I'm so glad you guys asked these questions. Uh, because what I'm going to do is, is I'll present to you where I'm going to head today. So that you know, like, when does lunch come? Because I know you're thinking about that. So I, I'm going to really give you three applications to this. Uh, first, we're going to look at this aspect of not being home. There's an equal share of loneliness. There's an equal share of service, and then there's an equal share in faith. So those are the three things that I'm going to, to get to. So you know when I hit one, you're like, good, we only got one more left, right, kind of deal. All right, so all good on that. But no, in actuality, uh, I, I present that to you so that you know there is an outline here. Uh, there is an aspect of, of the scriptures that apply to our lives. And if you're not familiar with the story of today's passage, I want to provide you a little bit of background text. I have to do that. Uh, not many of us are familiar with 1 Samuel chapter 30 and, and what it is, but there's a bigger picture in that aspect of David and his warriors, right? David has these men who surround him uh, that are 
very, very manly, rugged, uh, tough guys. Uh, they were known as sort of uh, the rough riders and outcasts, but they pulled themselves close to David, and uh, they were, they were uh, almost unbeatable in some of the uh, wars and battles that they went on. And so at this time in David's life, he's actually running from Saul, and David's not king yet, and Saul's still very, very jealous, doesn't like David. And so David goes to Achish, who's the king of Gath, which is sort of an irony because David had killed Goliath of Gath, but, but now he's uh, running from Saul, and he decides to take uh, an area is given to him named Ziklag. That becomes David's home. And so David leaves Ziklag for three days to go on this military journey. He's going to fight with the Philistines against Israel and Saul. But when he gets, in, gets there to the battle lines, uh, Achish, who's the king of Gath, says, David, uh, I'm so sorry. You can't be in battle with us. Our elders decided it's not good. Like, you may turn in battle and go against us. So I'm going to ask for you to go back home to Ziklag. And so David and his warriors do. But when they return, they just sense there is this bitter and gruesome scene. All of a sudden, there's plumes of smoke. The place is in turmoil. There's nobody there. All the cattle has been slain and killed. Uh, the arch nemesis of David, the Amalekites, have come in and ransacked Ziklag, and they have taken David's wives and all of his children and all of the warriors, all of his military. They've taken everybody who was alive back to where they belong, and, and, and the Amalekites had taken them to be slaves of theirs. They've driven them off as cattle. Well, David's people weep. I mean, they're, they're, they're just, they're dumbfounded, and they almost have no um, strength left in them, and they, they weep and cry so badly, and they look like they want to now kill David. And so David finds his trust and faith in God. And he asks God, he's like, what should I do here? And so the Lord says, don't worry, I'm with you. So David draws up a battle plan because half of his men are wiped out. They're like, I, I can't go any further. And from the weeping and, and Terry and thinking of, of their children and their wives, perhaps maybe not, ever, not being alive, they're just, they're blown away and, and they're exhausted, have no more energy, and they say, we can't go. So David says, okay, here's going to be the battle plan. You guys are going to sit, and you're going to take watch of the gear. And I'm going to take these other, it's other, others, the other guys here, and we're going to go, and we're going to go after the Amalekites. God's with us. I trust God. And we're going to overtake the Amalekites, and we're going to destroy them. You keep watch over the baggage. Now, the reality of that, why that's a really good idea, is because uh, they're going not only to watch the stuff, but it lightens the load so now David's military can run faster and quicker and they don't have baggage and they're going to be able to catch up to the Amalekites in time. And so David's plan is successful. David and his army, they slaughter the Amalekites and they rescue every single person from the clutches of bondage. And David becomes the hero. He becomes the rescuer of the people. And when he arrives back at Ziklag, some of the fighting force that went with David, they don't want to share the spoils of war. 
And so David makes this long-lasting decree that stays in Jerusalem forever. And he says there's an equal share to those who go to war and to those who stay behind. And that's where I want to spend our time this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 24 says this. For as his share who goes down into the battle, so shall his share be who stays by the baggage. They share alike. Let me say it again. For as his share is who goes down into battle, so shall his share be who stays by the baggage. They shall share alike. So I stated earlier, I'm a lead planter of Story Church. Um, we're, we don't have a military outreach. Outreach. We are a military DNA. That's who we are. Uh, we know that 90% of our military of active duty are lost, don't know Jesus Christ, or maybe uh, they've never even uh, understood that they're created in the image of God. That's a staggering number when I heard it, and my heart broke. Story Church's focus is caring for servicemen and women, their families and the communities that support them. That means the communities that, the, that support them are those left with the baggage, right? We're living out God's story, that's why we're Story Church, of life, freedom, and community. And so one of the things we have are red groups. Our red groups are designed and we're called to remember everyone deployed. So at the end of the service today, if you have someone who is on active duty or you know someone and you want our red groups, remember everyone deployed, to pray for them, I will give you one of these cards. You can fill it out and we will pray for that person. But I recall my first time being away for the holidays. I was, it was in uh, and when I was in the Navy, it was during A school when I was in San Diego. I remember I was a young guy. I was nearly 3,000 miles away from home. I grew up in New York. And I remember I had no family, no home. There were no presents that day. There was no Christmas tree, no anything. Quite honestly, it was almost culture shock. It was almost like being on mission. I wasn't used to seeing palm trees and having warm weather. I wanted, like, where's the snow and where's, you know, like, there was, there was none of that. Like, I, I just I was in a, felt like I was in a foreign land. And I think that's why I like this verse. It's got, it has grit. Right? While the context I understand of our passage, the true re, the reality is David and, and two separated parts of his military unit. But I'm applying this as a family is the same part of that military unit. They have the equal share. So I'd like for you to think about those servicemen and women that will be deployed and that are deployed and that are away for the holidays. Home for them is a barracks, is a birthing, it's a, it's a base camp. And just as David decreed that an equal share for all, for the one deployed and the family is left behind, there is an equal share. There's an equal share in loneliness, an equal share in service, and an equal share in faith. So I want to look at our first application, equal share of loneliness. The Abraham Lincoln, an aircraft carrier, you know, it, it's stationed right here in, in our own area in, in Norfolk. You know, it hasn't been home since April. It's been deployed for all that time. And now it's on extended deployment. They won't be home for the holidays. They've just told them that you're going to stay there and prolong your period because we don't have another carrier to go and to take its place at the moment. 
So tonight, Story Church is going to be spending our evening packing supplies for the Lincoln. Now, the Lincoln hasn't even seen a port of call since April. Now, uh, I know uh, as uh, I was, our church, we were speaking about this, a lot of us are, are military, and I was saying, boy, we really need to pray for the first port of call they hit, <laughs> because it's not probably going to be pretty. You're going to, I mean, they don't say uh, drink like a sailor for no reason. When they hit that port of call, it's going to be pandemonium. But the reality is now they don't have the things that they can get that they need. They don't have the necessary hygiene products. They don't have all the necessary, all the little snacks and shaving gear and all those kinds of things. They're, they're without. The, fa- the things that they packed away for six-month deployment are gone. And so we're going to help them out tonight. We want to be packing things for them. And we can even share that address with you if you decide that you want to do the same. But those on the Lincoln, they're not the only ones in need. Matter of fact, sharing in loneliness is the same fact of those who are left behind with the baggage. They're, they love the people that are gone. Matter of fact, sharing in loneliness is seeing a missing, a missing chair at the dinner table. It's about missing the person when you go and you pick out the right tree and, and that person's not there. The, the missing loved one where you sit in front of the fire and you talk or the missing loved one when the family is all together and even comes in your candlelight services and they're not there. There's no soccer games, no dance recitals, no school plays. It's the missing mom, it's the missing dad, it's the missing brother, the missing sister, the aunt, the uncle. And on the other side of that, is an equal share of loneliness for the service members deployed on active duty. Well, you remember, you there, we're here watching Ziklag, so to speak. We're watching the home baggage so that they can do what they need to do on the front lines of democracy. They're serving our country and keeping it safe. And here's the reality. They're doing it so that we can have opinions that we're, we're free to agree to disagree. <laughs> and they do that. They volunteer to do that. But underneath all of that is a person that, that definitely longs for home. I know. I was that person. They long to experience holidays. And for deployment life, there's no cards, there's no packages, and there's usually no loved ones at all. But whether you're on deployment or you're at home, both sides, they share in this loneliness. Because think of this, we were meant for relationships. We were meant and created for togetherness. And that's how God made us. And so my prayer is that while many of us are blessed with family, let us remember that those who cannot be home for the holidays, let's support both their families who are here and the service member that's away. This is why Story Church does what it does. As I've stated, we're not a church that has a military outreach. We're a gospel-centered church planning church that wants to see one of these churches near every military installation. We're not just looking to plant one church. We're looking to plant everywhere, all over, wherever we can find a military installation or military community because we're focused on sharing life, freedom, and community. And so when I look at 1 Samuel 30, I see this cruciform community. 
It's an equal share in the suffering and the trials and, and the tribulations. It's an equal share also in the triumphs and the blessings. So I want to look at our second application. There's an equal share in service. There's one aspect of these applications that church planners get. And at this point, it's an equal share in service. If you've ever been part of a, of a church plan, you understand there's an equal share in service, whether it's setting up chairs or breaking down chairs or setting up the equipment that goes along with all the music and with the microphones or the, the IT, whatever it be. There is a share of equal service in church planning, and you get that. Every part and every person is a team member. Well, as David's tired men sat back with the gear, they shared in service as much as those who fought. Because the men stayed back, the others could serve better. David's warriors were able to, tr to travel faster and lighter and serve better and quicker. But the ones who stayed behind at home, the ones that were sitting there had an equal share in this service. I think you can see where I'm going to go. The loved ones that stay behind and at home, that don't see the loved ones on, on the holidays, they have this equal share of service, the same as those who are on deployment. They're serving on the home front. They're preparing the breakfast and the lunches and the dinners, and they're managing the households and the children and the financial burdens. And they, they're continually praying and they're seeking God for the protection of their loved one that's on deployment. And then on the other side of that, you have the one who's on the battlefield or on the seas, and they're, they're following commands and orders and directives, and they're both equally serving in this sense that they both continually are praying and seeking God's protection for their loved ones. They, they both are sharing the love. They're sharing the burden. The one who's on deployment is, is they're thinking about their loved ones and asking God to protect them, and the ones who are at home, they're, they're asking God to protect the ones who are all there. So they're together. They're sharing in this sense of service to one another. So whether service member or family member, each is away from one another. And they feed, they feel this day-to-day -day grind, the stress, the trials. And they, they each pick up the weight of the other, other one. It's an enormous pressure, whether to be on the home front or whether to be on the battlefront. They feel the fears of the unknown. Where are my loved ones today? I've heard people say, I've asked them, where is your husband or where is your wife on deployment? I can't say. I, I can tell you where their duty station is, but I can't really tell you where they are because I don't know. I don't have a need to know. That, that's a lot of pressure. They want to know where their loved ones are. They want to know if they're okay. And I think not knowing is the hardest part. And they awake each day. And of course, their loved ones would love to tell them where they are, but they can't because they're out serving for our country. These holiday times, they can be so burdensome. There's a present that's going to remain unopened underneath the tree. There's a place setting at the table that won't be touched. And there's a person who won't be home for the holidays. And so you see that they do share in an equal part of loneliness. They share in an equal part of this service. But hopefully, they all share or have an equal share in faith. 
This is my last application, an equal share in faith. Now, as David's warriors protected the gear at home, they didn't know if the others were going to be successful. They had no idea. They didn't know if they were going to overtake the Amalekites and, and, and bring back their loved ones. They didn't know if they would ever return or who would return with them. They didn't know if David would be defeated. Again, they patiently waited. The ones back at the baggage were waiting in patience. They were waiting in faith. By faith, they waited for David to come. Likewise, David's mighty men, were they were trusting in God. They, they had faith that, that God had given David the right battle plan and, and that the Lord would bring them victory and bring, them, bring every single one of them home safely. Not just them, but also bring back all the loved ones for those who were waiting in behind at Ziklag. And so they went out by faith as well. This is life on deployment. At any given day, at any given point, the soldier, sailor, marine, airman, you name it, may be called to lay down their lives for others. They may be involved in an incident or a mishap. So by faith, they trust in their chain of command that the right decisions are made and will be made. And likewise, the ones on the home front. By faith, they, they patiently await to see their loved ones. They trust and they try to be strong and courageous and, and getting by each and every day. And so the, the holidays bring this extra set of, of burdens that they must share in faith, that they will see one another again. But I want to point out to you something about this passage. Because I don't want to lose focus of the original meaning of this passage. The original meaning of this text, now I give you application, but David's the picture of Christ. He's being obedient to the Father. And whether in David's loneliness or in David's serving, David lived by faith in God alone and in Jesus Christ. He's this picture of Christ. In our passage, David rescues those who are enslaved and captured. David's the hero. He's the rescuer. He's that Christ figure. As the enslaved and those who are unable to free themselves from the bondage, they're in need of rescue to be free. But they can't. They're stuck. Someone else is holding them down. Something greater than them, a power far greater, is, is holding them down, enslaving them and, and driving them. And the Amalekites, they, they represent the continual enemy of God's people. It's the adversary, this perpetual suppression to seek and destroy and to hold people down. But as David, Christ slaughtered our true enemy to bring us home. Christ so wants to bring each one of us desperately home that he says, look, I have defeated the last enemy. I have defeated that perpetual adversary that is sin and death. And because of Christ, we have a shared faith in the righteousness of God. And if you think about it, Jesus has this shared thing, all of these things that I share with you. This is Jesus. Jesus shares in our loneliness. Does, is he not? Does he not say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He shares in that loneliness. He knows what, what it's like. Christ also shares in that service with us to be obedient 
to the Father all the way to the cross. And during this Advent season, remember that, that God became man to redeem all of us that are held in, in the bondage of our sin. And he's our, our great and dreaded warrior who destroyed our enemy on the cross. He's our wonderful counselor and our mighty God and our everlasting father and prince of peace. His desire is for you to be with God, to be home always with him. So maybe this morning, maybe the message was about you. Maybe you can relate to someone that you know is on deployment. Or maybe you're not in the military. Maybe you're not connected to anybody who is. But you can relate to being lonely. You can relate to sharing life's burdens. And you can relate to trying to get by day by day on your own strength. But you feel like you're held down. Well, let me proclaim this message of peace to you. You were created in the image of God. And this means that you were created by design and with purpose and for reason your life matters to God. You're, you're not by yourself. God didn't leave you stuck hanging out with some baggage, which are the sins in your life. You're not asked to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. God knows that you cannot rescue yourself from the bondage of sin. For these reasons, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, his only son, to give you freedom so that you can live your life with purpose to be free of your sins and wickedness, that you may be reconciled to the creator to come home to him. God has granted you an equal share of his inheritance that is in Christ. And by faith, there is forgiveness and there is salvation. It's eternal life. And for all those in Christ, we know that we will share in that loneliness because this world is not our home. And we're going to share in this, this equal share of service because we serve a God who is creator. And though an equal share, wow, we have an equal share of faith that is given to us, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So while I, I proclaim to you this, these acts of forgiveness and salvation, and these are all free gifts, you have to respond by obedience. See, God is offering you terms of peace. This is what I, what I love about God. This is the military language. You understand, as an ambassador of Christ, like Paul was talking about being an ambassador. He said, like, as an ambassador in the first century would, would go to a rival kingdom, and an, an ambassador would lay down the terms of peace to that ambassador of the other kingdom, and he would say, hey, king, my king is coming to you, and he's saying to you, like, here, I'm going, going to offer you terms of peace. Otherwise, my king is going to come, and he's going to invade your land. He's going to overtake it, and my king is way more powerful than your king. But he's offering terms of peace here. You don't have to die. You don't have to be destroyed. Matter of fact, he's giving you this way out. And my king, he's saying that he actually has died for all your sins and all of your wickedness and anything that you've ever done wrong, anything that you ever will do done wrong. My king, he's giving you these terms of peace and he's offering to you, they're free. All you have to do is accept these terms of peace. Do you accept them or do you not? If not... I'm sorry, but my king is a righteous king. 
in your sins, because you have done wrongly against his kingdom, uh, he, he's going to have to destroy your kingdom. But if you lay down your weapons, if you lay down yourself, if, if you come to him and you say, forgive me, O king, like he's going to let you rule and reign. He'll give you an equal share of his kingdom. How, how do those terms of peace sound to you? Will you accept those terms or not? That, that's what God is, is doing in our Advent season. That he comes to man and says, I will come to man so that they understand. And he's granting you these, these offerings to you, this, these terms of peace. So here's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm, I'm just going to pray with you, but, but I'm not going to ask you to pray some magical prayer. I'm not about that. But I am going to ask you to this. If you want to lead a new life, and you want to accept those terms of peace, even if you don't even understand everything that I just said, but something within you, like your heart's just checking up right hard right now. And you're like, oh, no, all I know is that, that I'm not perfect. I know that I've committed sin. I, I just know. And, and if you feel that way, well, then I, I'm going to be here even after the service. Jeff, I'm sure, is here. Like, if, if you need to talk to someone, if you want to give your life to Christ, that you come to us and say, hey, like, I, I, I really want to do that. I think that I, this is something that I have to do. I feel it within me. Well, I, I want to make sure that I don't leave without praying for you today. But I also, if you have a loved one on deployment, you know, my wife and I are here, we will pray with you. We want to pray for those who are out there. Or, or maybe you're the one with the baggage. We want to pray with you. Look, church is about a, a cruciform community. It's about going through the hard stuff together, but it's also about celebrating the triumphs and the blessings together as well. We want to do that with you. Let me pray with you as I end. Would you pray with me?